Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. The Love of a King. It's the new book, Just Hit Stores. It's written by Hannah Wolf. And right here at the Reader House Author Roundtable, we're going to talk all about it. Hannah is with me. Hannah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much, Corey. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be talking with you. Really excited about this book, The Love of a King. Hannah, can you tell me what readers are in store for here? Yes, I would love to. So The Love of a King is about a little girl who discovers the abundant and unmerited love of the King of Kings. Though we know from the beginning that she's very flawed, the king adopts her as his daughter, and she becomes a princess in his royal kingdom. At first, she's so excited and overwhelmed by his love, but then her worries start to creep in. She becomes afraid that she doesn't measure up and that she's not good enough to be a princess in his kingdom. She's afraid that if the king really knew how bad she'd been, then he would turn away. But in that place, the king comes to her, and he assures her that his love is not something that she has to earn. She realizes that his love comes from the goodness of his heart, not her own goodness. So from this place of security, she learns to truly enjoy life in his kingdom. What a wonderful story, Hannah. What kind of readership were you writing for here? Definitely children. I designed it so that Young children, as young as the age of three, would fall in love with the rhymes and the pictures, but with a message that's timeless. So children that are older would be able to really receive the message. Even grown-ups can benefit from hearing this message. You mentioned the pictures, a huge, important part of children's books. And I understand that a lot of special thought went into these ones. Oh, yes. I wanted to make sure that every child who reads The Love of a King is able to see someone who looks like them thriving inside of the kingdom of God. So I put a lot of detail into characters of all different ethnicities. I made sure that they were playing sports and reading books and doing artwork and all these different activities. Some of them are wearing classes. Um, some of them have different injuries. Just every child that reads this needs to know that they belong in the kingdom of God. So that was the like, biggest part of the illustrations, is just making sure that that was represented really well. And then another hidden gem I included in the illustrations is a dove on every page. And this dove represents the Holy Spirit. And it's meant to show us that no matter where we're at, God is with us and working for our good. And I don't really know if the children will pick up on that one as much. It might be something that just, you know, people hear me talking about it and then realize that at every point in the story, God's there. But it was really special to me just to make sure that, yeah, that it's represented, that God is always a part of our story. Even when we don't see him working, he's there. Hannah, what was the inspiration for the book? Can you go back and think about what sparked you to sit down and get started on this? Yes, I can. So actually... I was volunteering at my church's trunk retreat, and some friends and I were dressing up as princesses. 
And I wanted to give the kids a gospel in the way that they could understand and enjoy. And I kind of wanted it to match our theme. So I wrote this little story to pass out at the trunk or treat. And as I was having one of my friends proofread it, she said, I think this should be a real book. And I was like, whoa. And so I I asked a couple of other friends and they were like, yes, this definitely needs to be a book that all children can have access to. And so The Love of a King was born. You know, that moment, whenever you get that first one in, your first book in after working on it all that time, you know, usually it's a crazy time for people. What was that moment like for you, Hannah? (laughs) It was so much fun. Mm. I gathered my whole family together and read it to them in the living room. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone really liked it. It was so exciting because they knew how hard I'd been working on it. Yeah, it was such a good moment. Well, what a beautiful story this book tells. It's titled The Love of a King. It's written by Hannah Wolf. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing. And of course, you can get it everywhere. So get on Amazon or get on Barnes & Noble or iTunes or take a walk down the street to your local bookshop and you'll be able to find this book there. Hannah, thanks again for joining me and telling me about this book and a lot about your heart and how caring you are for people. I, I really appreciate that and I really enjoyed talking with you. It's been such a pleasure, Corey. Thanks for having me on your show. I've got an interesting new book in my hand called Stand Your Ground, Standing Firm in the Face of Adversity. This is a book written by Robert Null, and I get to talk about it here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Robert is sitting right here with me. Welcome to the show, Robert. Thank you for being here. Well, uh, thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to being able to talk to you. I've been looking forward to it as well. This book seems really interesting. Stand Your Ground. Robert, what are readers in store for here? Well. I hope they're in store for some inspiration to find the place that God has appointed them to be and to stand their ground come what may. What sorts of readers were you speaking to here? Did you have a group in mind? Well, yeah, I did. I began putting this together as a book for pastors, and then the further I got into it, the more I realized that this is a good book for any believer that has a sense of purpose on their life because we all encounter adversity along the way. And, you know, some of the heroes of the faith, like a guy named Shama that was one of David's mighty men of valor, he gave a great example of standing his ground in a place that didn't make a lot of sense. The Bible actually said he stood his ground in a field of lentils like a pea patch. (laughs) When everybody else ran away, he stood his ground, and because he did, God brought great victory in that day. Sometimes I think we leave our places a little bit prematurely. So, Robert, can you go back and think about when you were inspired to write this, when you got that spark that made you think, hey, I got to get started on this book? Well, it came about while I was reading Scripture one morning. I was reading in Hebrews in chapter 10, verse 32 spoke to me in the following verses. And it says, but recall the former days in which after you were illuminated, you'd endure a great struggle with suffering. Basically what he's saying, you need to remember the time when you first saw the light, you first experienced Christ, and know that there were some difficult days there. Mm -hmm. That scripture goes on and it says, you know, you suffered, you stood with other people while they suffered or struggled, and you had compassion on folks. And you need to do that, not throw away your confidence, which has great reward, and you need to be able to endure so that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. 
Mm. I know that's a lot to say, but when I read that, the Lord reminded me of the pastor that actually led me to the Lord. He used to say, man, if I had a hundred new believers, I believe we could storm the gates of hell (laughs) and put the fire out because Mm. new believers will believe God for anything. And if that's true, what about us old guys that have been around a while? (laughs) We have need of endurance. We need to persevere. Oh, Robert, what does your writing background look like? Have you ever taken anything on like this before? Not just like this. I'm a pastor, been in the ministry for 40 years, and so I've been writing in, you know, short things here and there. Most of my, I guess, serious writing might have been through times when I was working on my graduate degree. And I've always dreamed of being able to have the time to write, but it does take a lot of time, and I am a full-time pastor. My real job gets in the way of the things I want to do sometimes. So your dream came true, Robert. You got published, and that day came, and you finally got to see that book and hold that book in your hands and see your name on the cover. It must have been quite a day. What was that moment like? It was pretty amazing. I've had to fight with two different emotions. One is a little bit of pride, and I hope that doesn't sound bad, but I'm proud of the result of the work. But I'm also humbled by the fact that the Lord might be able to use my words to be able to encourage someone else. It's like this. I just really love this thing. I hope everybody else does, too. I don't know if that makes sense or not. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, I know that a lot of readers are going to find their place in God and stand their ground. The title of this book is Stand Your Ground, Standing Firm in the Face of Adversity. This is written by Robert Null, and it's published by Covenant Books, and you can get it anywhere. Go to Amazon, go to Barnes & Noble, go to iTunes, or take a walk down the street to your local bookshop, and you'll find this book there. Robert, I really appreciate you coming on the show and telling me about your work, telling me about this book. I had a nice time chatting with you. Well, thank you so much. I have enjoyed it myself. Sitting down with me right here now at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Jack S. Jack has just written a book at hit stores recently called The Theology of Alcoholics Anonymous, a guide to the theological and religious underpinnings of AA. Jack, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, it's good to be here. Thank you. It's great to be talking with you. Jack, can you tell me about what you've written in The Theology of Alcoholics Anonymous? Sure. Let me just first tell you a little bit about the reasons for the book. I currently have going on 25 years of sobriety. Mm. And I wrote this book, first of all, out of gratitude. Gratitude for AA and the life that it has given me of sobriety and serenity. But I also wanted an opportunity to help educate people that are in the program that may not fully understand the universal theological and religious underpinnings of the program. Mm. And also, the other key audience was, frankly, clergy and religious, who generally are supportive of AA, but may not understand really the deep theological basis for the program and its universal appeal. So those are the reasons. The book is relatively short. It runs about 50 pages in length. It's pretty well researched, and it really tries to understand and condense the AA program, and provide the religious, more importantly, the spiritual underpinnings of the program and how it works, which I believe 
are the key to the long-term success. A lot of people don't fully understand this, uh, including clergy, that it has now been determined by a lot of research that AA is the most successful treatment for achieving long-term sobriety. Wow. It's not that there are other methods, and I applaud anybody that can become sober by other methods, but the reality is more long-term sobriety has been achieved through AA, and I believe the reason for that is the spiritual and theological underpinnings of the program. Hmm. So can you go back, Jack, and think about that spark, that inspiration, that, that moment in time when you're like, i got to sit down and start writing this book? Well, I, that's a good question. I, I have thought about writing for a long time, and uh, I've considered other types of books, religious books. I have a background in theology. I'm a certified lay minister in the Methodist Church. I finally decided maybe I ought to write about something I actually know about. <laughs> and since I had quite a bit of time in AA, I have an excellent sponsor who has 44 years of sobriety. I go to quite a few meetings, and I've read a lot about AA. And again, I do have a philosophy degree and a theology degree from Drew University. And so I finally said, now is the time to take these ideas and put them to paper. And so there wasn't any particular spark. It just was the culmination of a lot of thought. And I think Grace had something to do with it also. Mm. Now, being that you were so involved in AA and you knew so much about it, did this take you a long time to do? Really, I have to say, I wrote the book. It's a short book. That's one of its merits. I mean, well, the listeners, you know, there's not a lot of excess words mm -hmm. in this book. So if you're not a great reader, this is an easy book to read. It's not overly academic. So I think it has those advantages. It took me probably two months, two, three months to write it. And then, uh, you know, the editing process. And I had a number of people, both religious people, clergy, people in AA, and family members. I had quite a few people actually read the drafts and make some excellent suggestions. So I'd say that to anybody who's agnostic or atheistic out there, don't be turned off by the title of this book, because you're going to find out the genius of AA. The keystone is it's all about the God of your understanding. Well, this is surely an important book. I recommend this to everybody. It's titled The Theology of Alcoholics Anonymous, A Guide to the Theological and Religious Underpinnings of AA. This is written by Jack S., published by Christian Faith Publishing, and you can get it anywhere, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and also traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Jack, thank you again for joining me and telling me about AA and telling me about this book. I, I had a really nice time. And if anybody's out there listening who's in AA, I have one thing to say. Keep coming. And thanks for letting me uh, share about this book. Joining me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Edgar L. Maroon, Jr. Edgar, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. You have a new book out. It's called PTSD, Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder, It's Okay to Ask for Help. I love the title of this book, Edgar. Can you tell me what readers are in store for here? I have a very bad case of PTSD, hmm. and I write these books basically for me, but I'm hoping that it will help the readers understand what post-traumatic stress disorder is. It doesn't have to be somebody in a combat zone. Hmm. It can be from a car wreck, a death, anything like that. 
So that's what the book is basically about, telling you how to work through it. I think that's really important, Edgar, especially when you said that it's not just a thing for veterans or people who have been involved in combat. It's a lot more common than that. There are an awful lot of really traumatic things that people experience, and they develop this disorder as well. Yes. I have a young man that reads my books that went through a traumatic thing, and it helped him and also his parents to understand why he is like he is. Mm. And the one thing I stress is to find yourself a therapist somewhere that will uh, sit down and listen to you and talk you through problems. When I went through, I went to a therapist, this PTSD ruined two marriages for me and a few other things. I spent two years in Vietnam, which is where I got it all from. Mm. So I try to tell people this is what to look for, how to talk to someone who has it. I had a person tell me, just get over it. Mm. There's nothing wrong with you. Well, you can't just get over it. So that's what I stress in the book. Mm. Edgar, how long did it take it to write this? Oh, I've been writing on it for two or three years. And when you got the first physical copy in, Edgar, and you got to hold this book in your hands for the first time, what was that moment like for you? Well, it's my fourth book, so, <laughs> but it's always gratifying to know that maybe I'm going to help somebody. Mm. And it gives me a good feeling to know that I have the ability to put things out there that may help somebody understand. So you've written an awful lot, Edgar. What's the best piece of advice then that you could give to authors out there who are just starting out in this? Do a lot of research. That's what got me into this, writing books and stuff. I never thought in my life that I would ever write a book. But the first one I wrote was about PTSD in the military. And it turned out pretty good. But I do a lot of research. Right now, I'm working on one about suicides. Mm. And there's so much information out there for you to glean things from. So if you're going to write some book, find out what you can about the subject, everything. And then you sit down, you write it, and then you rewrite it, and you rewrite it again. Mm -hmm. You know, it just keeps going. Mm. So don't get discouraged. Edgar, looking down the road, will we be seeing more books from you, do you think? Oh, yeah. I have like four of them started, and I do research on them, and I find something. Well, I have one book that I thought, well, I'm finished with it. It's all done. I wrote the conclusion and everything. <laughs> <laughs> and the next day, I found more information that was for that book. So mm. it's still in the process of being written. Edgar, as you're writing books and as you're publishing them, what would you say is the most challenging part of the whole process for you? Getting the right words in the right place, I think. <laughs> I have a very bad thing with passive and active voices. I don't understand that. It sounds good to me in passive voice, but <laughs> the people that read it says, that's not right. You should have this. So... <laughs> Well, this book is really important, and I think you should pick it up if you're listening to us right now. It's titled PTSD, Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder. It's okay to ask for help. This is written by Edgar L. Maroon Jr., and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. And you can get it anywhere, Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes and also traditional brick-and-mortar stores.
Edgar, it's been wonderful talking with you here tonight and learning all about your work. I had a nice time chatting with you. Well, thank you. I enjoyed talking with you. Sitting down right next to me here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Esau Williamson. Esau, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here with me. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. It's exciting you have a new book out in stores titled Wealth Accumulation Made Simple and Easy. I love this. I need to know this myself, Esau. So can you tell me what you've written about here? Yes. The book provides everyone, in my opinion, what they need to get on a path to a better financial position. Mm. You know, it provides all the basics of investing and financial planning, which is very, very important. It addresses the two fundamental things I believe everyone needs to be successful. And they are, first of all, getting in the right mindset to believe you can indeed do better financially. And secondly, the know-how. The book addresses both of those points in great, great detail. In fact, in my opinion, the book provides the ABCs of a successful financial journey. It's all-inclusive. It addresses the three pillars of a financial plan, the value of savings, importance of risk management, and the financial benefits of long-term investing. You know, it teaches death management, budgeting, and how to find dollars in your budget to fund your plan. It walks you through each step of a comprehensive financial plan. And very importantly, the book demonstrates how to invest a modest amount of money over a long period of time to create wealth. Mm-hmm. All these things, everything is included in this one book. It sounds like some really important stuff you've written about here, Esau. Were you writing toward a specific target readership here? Absolutely. First of all, let me be clear, the book will benefit all readers beyond a doubt. However, the book was written to assist low and middle income individuals. Mm. In my opinion, this group has a greater need to for access to what we call in financial services, holistic financial planning, especially the investing component. And I'm very pleased with how the book turned out, and I think it's going to help this group of people in great detail. Mm. Isa, how did the idea for this book come about? What was that inspiration? Well, I was in the military, and I witnessed many people struggling with their finances, not just not knowing how to get started to put a financial plan in place. After the military, I joined the financial services field, and that scenario just amplified because of the people I was was meeting with. It became clear to me that people need assistance from those of us that are in a position to assist them. And now I can say, honestly, people need assistance, and now assistance is available through this book. How long did it take you when you sat down, started writing it clear up until you got finished and went out to stores? You know, it took me about eight months to write the book. Hmm. I wanted to make sure everyone had everything they needed to be financially successful, but I didn't want to do it in, you know, 300 pages that no one would understand or read. Hmm. So... My goal was to get it done in about 60 pages, and thank goodness I was able to do that, and write it in such a way that anyone could take the book and go out, learn its lessons, and uh, go out and be successful. Esau, when you look ahead, do you think we'll be seeing more books from you? You know, I'm not sure. I do believe so. I think I have a couple of more books in me, and I have started taking steps to outlining another book. My priority right now at this point is I want to concentrate on getting this book in the hands of as many people as I can. You know, my mission is not accomplished until people read the book and then take action to get started accumulating wealth. You saw a lot of people listening to us right now are authors who are just starting out in this whole thing. So based on everything you've been through and everything you've learned so far, what advice could you give them? You know, I would say 
go for it. We have to help one another. One of the best ways to reach a large audience is through books. Writing a book is a marathon, not a sprint. So dedicate sufficient time to write the book and don't get discouraged along the way. The finished product is well worth the pain of writing a book I've found. That's great advice. I know a lot of readers are going to find help and hope in the pages of this book. It's titled Wealth Accumulation Made Simple and Easy. It's written by Esau Williamson, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere, Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Esau, it's been great talking with you here tonight and learning about wealth accumulation made simple and easy. I hope we get to talk again soon. Thank you very much. Again, it's been a pleasure talking with you, and uh, thank you again for giving me the opportunity to share the wealth of this book with your listeners. Sitting down with me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Pastor Ron Keller, M.A. Pastor Ron, thanks for joining me tonight. Oh, Corey, thank you very, very much. I appreciate that, and I'm looking forward to our conversation together. I'm looking forward to it, too, especially since you have a new book out. It's titled Hidden Enemies in the Ministry, what I learned from 60 years of ministry that I never learned in seminary. Pastor Ron, this sounds like a really interesting book. What are readers in store for here? What they're in store for is a journey through the ministry from somebody who has spent 60 years doing it. And what does not realize everything that a pastor has to go through and all the trials that he faces and all the temptations that Satan brings against him to try to destroy his ministry. And so I decided the last couple of years of my ministry at Christ Church of the Valley in San Dimas, which was a mega church running about 4,000, wow. I felt like there's a lot of young people in our church, and maybe some of those young people would want to go into the ministry someday. Hmm. And I've had so many varying experiences that I thought, I'm going to conduct a class and see how many show up and say, hey, we're going to entitle the class what I have learned in, in the ministry that I never learned in seminary. Things that they do go to Bible college or seminary, they will never hear any of this at all. I had about 25 young men show up, oh, and wow. we did this every single Sunday night for oh, a couple of years. And some of these men have gone into the ministry, and the irony of the whole thing is one of the men who was in my class is now my pastor. Oh, wow. So things do go around in circles. But anyway, that's how it started. And now that I'm almost 83 years old, I sat down and put into writing things that I have learned in the ministry. Hmm. How long of a process was that for you, Pastor Ron, once you sat down and started writing this? You know, it really came easy. And that was hmm. the amazing thing, because I was able to go all the way back to the time I was 10 years of age and talk about things that I learned in church all the way up to where we are today. And I could even bring people's names to mind. And of course, I only put people's names if it was good. I omitted <laughs> people's names if it was not good, but the stories are there. So you talk about a period of time, you know, I, I probably spent seven or eight months writing this book, but probably not as long as a lot of people, but it's memories and it's a lot of my teaching that I taught because I save everything I've taught so I could pull out things and just rework them a little bit to fit the book. Well, of course, being in the pastoral ministry requires quite a bit of writing, but when it comes to writing a book and going through the publishing hoops, have you ever done anything like this before, Pastor Ron? 
No, I have not. This is my first book. It may not be my last. I don't know, but I'll see how this book does. But here's what I do do. I learned very early in the homiletics in my undergraduate work. I had a wonderful homiletics professor. And he said, here's what you need to do. Write every sermon out in complete manuscript. You don't preach it from the manuscript, but you write it out. And I have followed that all of my years in the ministry. Every sermon has been written out word for word for word. Then you memorize the concepts. But what this does is help you from taking rabbit trails, getting off of the topic. It helps you from all the ums and ahs and things like that because you don't know quite where you're going or what you're going to say next. And it gives correct English. It gives a correct flow of thoughts in what you're doing. I learned that, and so I have done an awful lot of writing, but it's just what I use for my sermons or a Bible class I would teach. Well, for pastors, this is truly some wisdom from the trenches, and I encourage them to check this book out. The title is Hidden Enemies in the Ministry, What I Learned from 60 Years of Ministry That I Never Learned in Seminary. This is written by Pastor Ron Keller, M.A., and of course, it's published by Christian Faith Publishing, and you can get it everywhere. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and also traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Pastor Ron, it's been great having you on the show and learning all about your ministry and about this book. I hope we get to talk again soon. Well, thank you, Corey, and I appreciate you calling, and God bless you, and God bless the people who listen to this, and buy the book. The book I'm holding right now is titled, Restoring My Soul. It was written to let you know that you're important to Christ, your Lord and Savior. This is written by Dr. Florence Hill St. Rose, and we're going to talk all about it here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Dr. St. Rose is here with me now. Dr. St. Rose, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. You are certainly welcome. It's so great to have a book out in stores. Dr. St. Rose, what are readers in store for here? Yes. This book was written for young women just graduating from high school, middle-aged women also who hasn't been abused, and for old women too, all women, I would say. It tells the story, some of my story, but not all of it, but it tells the stories and gives examples of young girls that has been abused by men. And these men, whether they know it or not, are turning them into sex slaves. And when girls graduate, young women graduate from high school, they have dreams. And they shouldn't be subjected to turning them into a walking, talking zombie, not able to think for themselves, you know, but only follow the directions of what they want them to do. I was one of those girls, you know. I was thinking about the little white house and the picket fence and things like that and having children and stuff like that. Instead, it didn't go that way. So I wrote the book to warn girls and to tell them if they have made a mistake, it's no matter because everybody makes mistakes. The only chance we have is to go back to school, which I did. I got my master's, I got my BA, and I have a PhD in ministry. I'm an ordained minister, and they have to know what is coming. You know, what is in the clubs is not good for them because 
whether young men or old men has picked up the training. It's like being programmed. And before you know it, they might have four or five different babies for four or five different men and think that they can't have it. And their esteem is so low that they think that God won't forgive them, but he will. He will give you the chance to come back and wipe the slate clean. All you have to do is ask him and they could start all over. This book is to let them know that they can go back to school. Right now, the system is being overloaded, but if they get there in time, I'm pretty sure that they can get the benefits that they need to complete their education. And I'm talking for all women, but I want to mostly for our black women because they think that all hope is gone, and it's not. Dr. St. Rose, if an aspiring author came to you and said, hey, what's your best advice? I want to get my first book out there. What would you tell them? I wrote from my experience. And I would tell them, if they have lived something, then put it down on paper. If it is going to help someone, you know, not just put down a lot of junk, Mm. because nobody is going to read that. Nobody is going to benefit from that. Put down something that you have lived, something you have come by, something you have been involved in. So it may help another person. We are all here on this earth, black, white, blue, whatever. And we are supposed to be taking care of each other. But unfortunately, we don't. Mm. And that is a cry from heaven because God didn't mean us to be that way. But unfortunately, we are. But if they're going to do something, please, please, I'm asking them, please put down something that will help people. That's what we're supposed to do. That's exactly what we're supposed to do. I know a lot of readers are going to find hope and inspiration and restoration in this book. I encourage you to check this out. It's titled Restoring My Soul. It's written by Dr. Florence Hill St. Rose and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. Of course, you can find it anywhere, so go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble or iTunes or even traditional brick-and-mortar stores, and you'll find this book. Dr. St. Rose, thank you again for joining me and telling me all about your heart and about this wonderful book. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. I appreciate you calling me, and I hope you will call me some more. Joining me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Heather Vergalto. Heather, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. You got a new book out, and I love the topic. It's all about rescue dogs. It's called Rescue Me, a story about Bella and Jack's rescue dogs. So, Heather, can you tell me what readers can expect here? Well, it's a children's book, and basically it's a journey of two dogs you know, one I rescued and one my boyfriend rescued, and we all kind of came together and just the love and joy that they have brought us. And it's just amazing how wonderful rescues are. I've had them before. So basically, it's about them, and hopefully, I'll be able to write another one, you know, keep going and write the next one about their journey and what we do and, and the love they have to give back. Hmm. Heather, what was the spark that made you think, hey, I got to sit down and write this book? 
actually it started off 10 years ago. I, you know, I was really worried about, you know, how this would work out, you know, it just grabbing one dog from one rescue, another dog from one rescue. Mm. And it would just amaze me the relationship that not only did the two dogs have for each other, and they didn't even live in the same household at first, you know, we were <laughs> different places and they would both kind of, you know, get upset not to see each other. You know what I mean? So I was like, wow. I was like, man, this would pr- make a good book. And, you know, the more I see online, the more I see, you know, out there, sometimes you don't realize there's such a huge need for adoption of these pets, you know, of, mm. of rescue pets. You know, I kind of like towards the children because I have grandchildren now. Mm. But it's something that I've wanted to do for 10 years. And I just, once I moved, I said, you know what? I got some time. Let's do it now. <laughs> Is this the first time you've written or been published, Heather? Yes. Yes. Congratulations. Got to be a great feeling. It is. It is. I just didn't think it would ever come to light. And I kind of didn't know how to get to that point. So it took me a little while. But once I got determined, I just kept going ahead. I imagine it was crazy then when you got the first physical copy of this in. You actually got to hold this thing, you know, that you've been working on for so long. (laughs) What was that like? Yeah, it was pretty amazing because I, when I reached out to the one publisher I did, I wanted more of like an animated book, but I wanted to make them not so cartoony, but look realistic. And, and they pretty much nailed it, especially mm. with my tan dog. So it's like, oh, like, there they are. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, I keep telling them, like, oh, not that they ever will, but I'm hoping. I said, someday you guys will be famous. You know, that's my, at least I could leave a legacy in this world, too. You mentioned hoping to write more of these. Do you have them planned out or are you just kind of waiting? No, I have them planned out. I have the second one written already, but I'm Mm. waiting to see. I just wanted to see how this one would do. It wasn't really about, you know, okay, I'm going to be a famous author. It's more about let's try to get this book out to children to give them a different perspective on, you know, rescue dogs or, you know, even not as a child, but even when they get older and as, Mm. as an adult, maybe just putting that in their mind as an option. And I love what you're doing. Not only are you raising awareness about the wonderfulness and how much love that rescue animals have, but you're also making people aware of how much of a need that shelters and places like that, they they need resources. Exactly. And, um, you know, that's the thing I figure, too, once this goes on, I mean, hopefully I'll, I'll be able to even, I mean, I know I'm trying to get the Facebook page up and Instagram, but I'd like to share the links constantly of rescues that need help or that reach out to me. Mm. I actually reached out to the publisher because I want to send copies, you know, around just for people to donate, you know, at a local shelter or adopt a dog, you get a book type of thing, you know. Mm. That's my goal. That's my end goal. (laughs) Now, when you look back over it all now, what's the most rewarding aspect for you of now being a published author? You know, it's one thing I'm I'm happy I decided on something. I put my mind to it and I Mm. did it. It's just a journey, you know, and a growing experience for myself. And I just hope to, you know, do some good in the world. Well, this sounds like a truly wonderful book. I think a lot of people are going to enjoy it. And it's so important. Rescue animals, rescue dogs need us. They need our love and they need our resources. Check this book out. It's titled Rescue Me, a story about Bella and Jack's rescue dogs. It's written by Heather Vergalto. It's published by Covenant Books. And you can pick it up everywhere. So get on Amazon, go down to Barnes & Noble, get on iTunes, or take a walk down to your local bookshop, and it'll be right there for you. Heather, what a joy it's been having you on the show, learning about your work, everything you're doing for rescue animals. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. What if our animal friends thought and acted more like we humans do? 
Well, that's what's in this next book we're going to talk all about here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. The title is Quirky, a humorous peek at our animal friends and ourselves. It's written by Tim Harshman, and Tim is joining me here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. We're going to chat all about the book. Tim, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me tonight. Well, thanks for calling. Tim, I love what this book has in it. Can you tell me all about Quirky? Well, on the back of the book is the incident that caused me to come up with this name or word for the book. I was walking in our metro park one day, and I looked over to my left, and there was a big buck looking straight at me. Mm. So instead of probably screaming and running, (laughs) I thought to myself, does he know it's Tuesday? And then (laughs) some other weird things popped in my head was, does he go on vacations? Is he thinking of retirement? And so the idea of animals thinking like we humans, someone acting like we humans, that's how it came about. So once I got home, I got out a notebook and I started writing down ideas and it just kind of blossomed from there. But it's taken a good three years. So it didn't happen overnight. (laughs) My wife and I went through moving twice. The uh, notebook got put away and every once in a while it would pop up and I would start writing again. So the last time it popped up, I said, I'm going to do it. So this is how it, it came about. Hmm. And I understand there are 114 stories in here. Well, 14 are cartoons, and the other 100 are, I don't know if you call them stories. That makes it sound like it's like a lot of words, but there are longer stories and shorter stories. Can I give you an example? Absolutely. Okay, so one of the quirkies is, how can you tell when a snake is about to strike? Now, most of us would think the snake is going to bite you, but the answer is you have to look closely to see if it's carrying a union picket sign. (laughs) I love it. So that's a little bit different. (laughs) Tim, did you have a certain group of readers, people in mind, who you think would really enjoy this book the most? Well, it's really aimed at animal lovers. Hmm. In fact, the very last quirky is about... Can I read that one to you? Absolutely. All right. If dogs could go ocean cruising like we humans do, then maybe there could be a TV show about their adventures. What would the show possibly be called? Answer, The Unconditional Love Boat. I love it. There's a lot of food for thought there. Yes. And, Corey, I put that last because I wanted the reader to leave the book with an idea that there's too much craziness going on in our country right now. Mm. And maybe this can help slow some of that down. That's why I put it there. Well, this sounds like it's a really great book, Tim. Have you ever done anything like this before when it comes to writing and publishing? Well, I have published two other books, self-published, not through a publishing company, but they were two books of puns that one was in 2010, I believe, and the other one, 2011. I've done something similar, but not like this. I can tell you have a love of language, and you have a love of playing with words and things with similar meanings to draw out some pretty funny things. So here's another one I'd like to read to you. Who was the daughter 
of the commercial fishermen that discovered a herring-like fish could be eaten as a relish or a pizza topping? And the answer, anchovy. Anchovy. <laughs> I kind of look for things like that. There's another one. You can imagine what this one is, but the answer is Rick Shaw. <laughs> I can only imagine. Well, Tim, I know a lot of people are really going to enjoy this book. I encourage my listeners to go check it out right now. It's titled Quirky, a humorous peek at our animal friends and ourselves. It's written by Tim Harshman and is published by Newman Springs Publishing. And you can get it anywhere, of course, like on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes and also traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Tim, it's been wonderful having you on the show and learning all about your work. I hope we get to talk again soon sometime. Okay. Well, thanks for calling. His Touch of Grace, a devotional and Bible study guide, Lessons 1 to 5. This is a book it just hit stores written by Kathy Nordgarden. We get to talk all about this book right now because Kathy's sitting right beside me. Kathy, welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me with you. Well, it's wonderful to be talking about this book. Kathy, can you tell me what readers will find in His Touch of Grace? His Touch of Grace is a group of lessons over time that God inspired just as I drew near to him and he opened up the desire, a strong desire to be in his word. And as these lessons came together, I knew I was to journal them. Mm. I knew when he led me into a new lesson that it was all about him. And I just followed and journaled. And later on, after 28 years, these lessons ended up being in the first book, His Touch of Grace. Oh, 28 years. So that's the length of time it took to write all of these and collect them together? Yeah, I wow. started journaling them and never had a plan for a book. <laughs> you know, just my walk and the lessons that I learned. And then over time, they opened up to be Bible study lessons with a women's group. And then later on, they opened up to be lessons on social media. And the group of readers became larger and larger. <laughs> and I just felt finally, after so many people asked, why isn't this a book? I went ahead and spent the last year then preparing that. So this would be for a broad readership. It's not just for a women's group or something like that. No, not at all. No, not at all. It's for anybody who wants to know more about a God that so many times we say is in heaven. Hmm. And we don't realize that the God who created the universe is with us. And so it becomes a very personal walk and relationship with God, not a God that's at a far distance. But we can learn more about him, that he's with us in our day-to-day -day lives. And that's what this book is about. It's drawing you near and showing you we can walk with him now. We can know his love now. He wants to reveal himself in everything we do. Hmm. Kathy, what does your writing background look like? Have you ever done anything like this before when it comes to publishing a book? No, I haven't. <laughs> My writing would come out when I wanted to send a family Christmas letter to everybody. And then I would see, oh, my gosh. And I'd get compliments and comments on it mm. and think all I did was send the letters telling you I love you. And, and it did a lot more than that, I think, mm. in people's hearts. Well, after all this time, you worked on this book for a long time, Kathy. A lot of hard work goes into publishing, too. 
What was it like when you finally got that first copy in the mail and you got to hold your book for the first time? I just have been, I still am in awe. Mm. I'm so excited. <laughs> There's interest in this topic, especially in the times that we live in now, where it just seems like there's so much confusion and darkness and people don't understand it. Nobody understands it. But when we can read that the God who created the universe does understand and we can find hope in his word and and this book will just draw you into that hope. So looking ahead, where are you on the next book? Do you have several more planned or just the one? Well, in the journaling, there were 15 lessons, and each lesson would come with a drawing, an unplanned drawing. Hmm. So there's a drawing in poems and the lessons, the Bible lessons, the daily devotions, and there were 15 lessons total. So book one has the first five lessons in the order that I was able to journal them, and then book two Lessons 6 through 10 are actually waiting for my approval with the publisher right now. Mm. So within a matter of a month or two, it will probably be in print format, in electronic format. And then the last five lessons, which will be book three, they are sitting on my computer and waiting for me to edit them enough to get them to the publisher. So there will be three books with 15 lessons total. Well, if you're looking to get more of God's goodness and his guidance as a part of your daily life, then you should check this book out. It's titled His Touch of Grace, a devotional and Bible study guide lessons one to five. This is all written by Kathy Nordgarden and it's published by Covenant Books and you can grab it anywhere. Go to Amazon, go to Barnes & Noble, go to iTunes or walk down the street to your local bookshop and you'll find it there. Kathy, it's been wonderful having you on the show. Thanks again for your time. Thank you for letting me share my story. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first.